Hi, this is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer's journey. The show is also brought to you by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategies advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Anna Harak. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. That's contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Anna, and this week's special guest. Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast. I am Randy Frisch, and I, I got to change it up this week because I have a new co-host. I usually get to say Tyler Lassard is my co-host, but if you listen to our last podcast, it was the farewell tour for Tyler, who was a great addition to the podcast over the last year. And today I get to introduce our new Co-host, and you may not have ever met her, but you can if you go back to you know summer of 2017 and listen to one of our podcasts we had from Convince and Convert who helped produce this podcast. We had Anna Harak, and Anna is here today. We're going to talk a little bit about Anna, get to know Anna because she's going to be here on a weekly basis with me as we meet various fantastic content pros out there, get their perspective. And I'm really excited about having Anna join because it'll help us round out this podcast and really bring a different perspective. Uh, first of all, we're finally going to have some diversity on this podcast, on the on the on the co-host perspective way back in the day when this podcast started, Chris Moody had a, uh, a co-host named Amber. So we started that way and then we lost our way on the diversity focus. So I'm, I'm excited to bring the diversity back with Anna and myself, uh, you know, hosting this together. But as well, Anna comes with a lot of different backgrounds, and she's going to tell us about that today. I'm not going to kill it for her. Uh, Anna, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Content Pros. Thank you, Randy. I am so, so, so excited to be here, especially after being a longtime listener. I'm so happy to jump in and fill the co-hosting shoes with you. Amazing. So maybe for everyone listening and tuning in, maybe for the first time, maybe they didn't listen to the, the time you were a guest with us. Maybe you can tell them a little bit about you know your journey to convince and convert, um, some of the things that you've done. You know, kind of let's pretend not that this is an interview, but you know, you're meeting someone with for a coffee at a Starbucks, and they're like, "Yeah, my journey's been pretty crazy. Here's how I got here." Totally. So I won't rehash too much of what I talked about back in July, but. I've been doing content in some way, shape, or form for about the last 11 or 12 years. I'm starting to lose count now. But my background was actually, I started off as a traditional copywriter. So actually doing billboards and radio scripts and all of that, print ads, all that fun stuff. Um, one of the advertising agencies I was at at the time started getting more and more web work. And I wanted to jump on board and try it out. Um, I loved it. I then jumped into being a content creator officially full-time, found my way into content strategy and content marketing, and never looked back. So um, most of my time was spent at advertising agencies. So I have um, pretty much experience in every vertical you could possibly imagine, um, and also on the B2B and B2C side. So when did... When did- 
like as you put it, you, you're kind of in these agencies looking at the full cycle of marketing. You know, it's funny you talk about billboards. That's what I wanted to be when I was a kid. I don't know if I ever told you this, but you know, I wanted, I watched like Super Bowl and I was like, I want to do those commercials. Or I would drive down the street with my parents yeah. and be like, I could do better than that one. Like that was marketing to me back then. Uh, I have a very different lens to marketing now as I've grown up or maybe as the world has changed. But when did you realize that like, content was your baby? So I think it was actually when I started working on my first website redesign. And I was just handed some comps, right? And I I know there are probably so many people just cringing out there right now because they went through the same thing where as a writer, you were handed fully designed website layouts with just lorem ipsum. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, well, what if I don't have anything to put in there? What if that's not enough space? Or what if that's way too much space? Maybe we need directions on this page, not, you know, seven paragraphs of block content. And then I just kind of realized from there that, you know, this strategic side was just so important to writing and there was so much you could do with content. And then, of course, you know, everybody had a blog all of a sudden. And so it really just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. But it was really kind of when I was just a writer and I said, you know what, there's way more to this than just words. I love that. It's it's interesting. And, and, and maybe that's a good way to talk about how we're going to I don't know if the word is transition this podcast. I mean, we're not, we're going into, I guess, a new season, but we're not really like a, a syndicated show where we, where we get an off season, right? We're going to go from one week <laughs> to the next in, in early January. And, but, but one of the things that you and I talked about is kind of broadening the definition of content and, and what content is and how content's used. And I think these days, sometimes, you know, we, we think about content. You know, and we think about content marketing. So it's like our blog or our video assets. But I, I really like, Anna, how you just talked about, you know, that for you, it even started with the website. And I often say that, like, the website is one of the most ignored assets for companies, right? Like, you know, I, I compare it sometimes to, I don't know if you've ever been to, like, fancy downtown law firms. Like if anyone's ever been to one of them, like the, this is like the ones that charge you like, you know, $700 an hour for a lawyer's time. But if you ever go to their offices, their lobbies are palaces. Like they've spent millions of dollars on these lobbies because in their business, that's your first impression, right? Like you come to the law firm and you're going to evaluate them. So you're going to look at their lobby and you're going to either be like, okay, these guys are legit or they're not legit. And I think in so many cases, people come to our websites as our lobbies um, for companies. And and we kind of, you know, we, we think of it as, well, we updated the website six months ago versus thinking of it as the content that people are engaging with first and foremost. Totally. Yeah, that I'm right on the same page with you. And it's, it is kind of funny, you know, it's like, um, there's just so much that is outdated and ignored on websites. And, you know, that is really the content hub for a lot of brands. So, you know, it can be kind of like a weird overgrown content jungle a lot of times. And, you know, but then they have some perfectly manicured um, social outlets and things like that. It's it's just interesting how people treat their different content assets. But I I definitely love talking to people about their websites, especially the content that's on there, because I am so passionate about user experience and just how people go through sites and how people go through content. And not to say that a website is the only place that, you know, consumers are going to interact with your content, but you're totally right, Randy. It is, it is a lot of times the first place people go. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really interesting to your point. Like 
you know, the user experience or the, the way we greet them on our websites and how that's changing. I, I was actually putting together a deck for a presentation I'm doing and I, I was having some fun and I looked at, at a company. The company I chose was IBM, right? All of us know IBM, Big Blue, you know, Watson, all those types of things. And I went to the homepage of IBM now, which all of you can do. You're probably listening on a, on a you know, mobile device right now, you know, go to ibm.com and check out their homepage. And the funny thing is, is that what you're greeted with is really content, right? I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a hero image at the top with some really powerful, you know, branding, but then it's, I think that the headline, if I remember it was something like in the news today, right? Like, you know, they've become, you know, a company that's leading with content. Now, the funny thing is, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, one of my favorite websites is the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can Google it, and you can you can actually look at a website at different times over the years because they take like snapshots of what a website looked like and what different pages look like over time. And if you go to IBM site in like the early two thousands. Their different definition of leading with, say, content back then was all product based, right? It was, uh, you know, even the news section, it was like, you know, IBM launches like a new Linux machine, right? It was, it was not the ideas. It was not that thought leadership. And I, I think there's, there's definitely a huge crossover between our content and as you describe it, that user experience or that user journey. Totally. And even extending out beyond that, that user experience, that user journey, and really thinking about how everything branches out into other channels as well. So again, using that site as that content hub and and then allowing that content to then live out on other channels as well, where people can sort of organically stumble across it or um, you know people can share it. It's uh, just the user journey and user patterns and behavior in general. Um, it's really, really interesting with content. And I think it's really something that people aren't talking about enough today. Yeah, I agree with you. So uh, maybe just take your take. I mean, you, you work with a lot of different companies in your role at Convince and Convert, uh, you know, the different agencies you've been with over the years. Are you seeing a shift in terms of who should be owning these different, different, more modern day definitions of content? Yeah, content, it's funny because, you know, content lives in so many different places in so many different departments. Um, I'm a huge fan of advocating for having a content owner or a content strategist or a content marketing hub or department that kind of owns and oversees that master strategy. Um, Obviously, within each different channel, there's other strategists, there's other pieces of content that go out. But I think it's just so critical to always have one person who's considering the entire content ecosystem. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. It's it's funny. I, I mean, this is by no way a plug for a job opening we have, but yeah, by all means, any content pros listening, uh, we we've kind of broken out a new role on our team, which is, we're calling it a director of content, but we struggled a lot when we were trying to figure out what the title of the role was going to be. Um, and the reason we struggled is a lot of the things that we, that you and I just talked about are going to be under this person. So it's like, you know, figuring out that narrative and storytelling, um, you know, things like the editorial content, uh, sorry, editorial calendar and the content creation will live under the under this individual and the team members. But also things like the website messaging that we talked about. Also things like, you know, our analyst relationships and PR will live under this person because it's all those different, you know, pieces of messaging that are going out. And and we were a little bit worried that if we went with a director of content title, 
that maybe we would get someone who's just thinking about content creation, but not necessarily the mapping of that content and the user experience and the journey. But honestly, we couldn't figure out what what title to use. You know, is it a director of digital? It's not just digital. Is it a director of inbound marketing? That feels so like 2014, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what is, I, I don't know what you're finding in terms of the trends of how people are embracing this. It does seem like a lot of people have gone with some of the more generic, like, um, I don't want to say generic, but yeah, like you mentioned, like, you know, director of content, a little bit more overarching, a little bit more generalist. Um, so that way there is a little bit of leeway to kind of work with other departments and um, still maintain strategy in each of those sort of areas of expertise, but really just have somebody oversee, like you said, that storytelling, that messaging, the mapping. And it's funny too. I love that position that you're just talking about because especially when it comes to the user piece, you know, they just think they're interacting with a brand. They don't see it as, you know, I'm interacting with a brand on Facebook or on Twitter or on their website. They want to see the consistency and they don't even know they want to see the consistency. They just want to see their brand in their preferred channels. And so to have one person, like you mentioned, just making sure that that happens is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Maybe I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but what we're going to do quickly is we're going to hear from the sponsors who help make this podcast happen on a weekly basis. We'll hear from them and then we'll be back with my new co-host, Anna Harak on Content Pros. Hey everybody, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that Content Bros is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you can create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com pros, uberflip.com pros to find out how you can be a content pro by showing your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my friends at Vidyard, the new generation video platform that helps you unlock the power of video today. Love, love, love Vidyard. Use it all the time. Super easy, interactive, personalized video experiences. You can boost your online conversion rates, track the true performance of your video content well beyond the view count. Visit vidyard.com today to see how you can use video to deliver better results across all of your marketing programs. Also want to remind you that my team and I at Convince and Convert have a brand new free ebook I'd love for you to take a look at. Go to bit.ly slash broken content. That's bit.ly slash broken content. It's called The Four Ways to Fix Your Broken Content Marketing. Put a lot of work into it. I think you'll love it. Thanks as always for listening to Content Pros. Now, back to the show. Okay, so we're here on Content Pros talking with my new co-host, Anna, and we were just talking about, you know, kind of the new role of content leader in the organization. And it's it's interesting how we got to this at Uberflip. What we were finding, and you just hit on this before the break, Anna, we, we were finding that there was this kind of you know, need to develop the brand and, you know, define the brand and and create these big, hefty projects. But then there was also a need to map things for the day-to-day, the journey, you know, interface between the sales departments, our customer success departments. And that's why we created this new role. So we now are going to have a director of brand who who owns things like our big conference, the content experience, which we do every summer. 
as well as a lot of the creative assets that we you know churn out on a, on a regular basis for different campaigns. And then we're going to have a different group that's more responsible, as I talked about, for some of that uh, you know content experience is what we like to call it here. I'm wondering with some of the experiences that you've had, if you all of a sudden could jump into a company um, and lead their marketing efforts, or you were leading HR in that company, how would you define some of the key roles that you think an organization should have? And I, and I feel like everyone's going to be taking out paper and pen as they listen to this podcast and like creating org charts to show to their managers shortly after. So, you know, no pressure, but you know, what would you do? <laughs> No pressure. Totally. So funny enough, I actually, um, before I jumped on board with Convince and Convert, I was the director of content for an agency here in Phoenix. So I've actually had to go through this before. Um, and I kind of like to let people know that, um, you know, they can learn from my mistakes that I made, um, because I was sort of a first time manager. And, you know, I um, made a lot of typical, very first time manager mistakes. But you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, and if I were to go back and do it all over again, and I could recommend exactly sort of the right team structure and the right team org, what I would first say is first and foremost, culture, fit for culture. I cannot stress the fact that having the wrong person on the team from a culture perspective is more detrimental than finding someone who doesn't quite know all of the skill sets that maybe you need them to know. Skills can always be acquired, but attitudes are much harder to adjust. So first and foremost, I would just start there. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, we are culture obsessed, as some people may know, follow Uberflip. You can actually, we actually have a hub of content specifically around culture so that people can read about it before they join us. If, if people want to check out, they go to culture.uberflip.com. And it, it really helps us to find the right people to bring on. And, and we've seen the impact of, you know, one of the things we say is that, you know, skills important, but it's not enough. Right. And, um, you know, I had people when I was growing up who said, you know, hire for attitude, train for skill, which I agree. We, we say we need both here. Totally. Yeah, you absolutely need both. But I, I just from managing people and, and being in, in those shoes, and if I were to have to step into them again, you know, I would rather have somebody be 75% on skills and 100% on attitude and fit, um, and then work on the rest or, or adjust the position slightly to their strengths. Um, there's actually sort of this concept of, you know, like high performing jerks within um, organizations. And, you know, they're actually part of sort of the the culture fit that we're talking about where, you know, they, they go above and beyond and they're amazing, but they're so hard to work with. And that really does disrupt a lot of work and a lot of progress. And um, even just pushing the organization forward a lot of times I've seen too. Um, flipping over to the skill side, when it comes to writers, I would just say that, again, the other thing that people have a tendency to do is just assume that a content creator is a content creator is a content creator. And that is absolutely, especially in my experience in, in working with people and being a writer by trade myself, absolutely not the case. So really understanding what types of digital content you're going to be creating and where that person's skill set is. So the best example that I like to give is, you know, especially when it comes to the SEO side of things, 
um, somebody who has an SEO background definitely understands, you know, some of that user demand. They understand a lot of technical uh, capabilities, but maybe they've never had to write on voice and tone. And not that they can't learn that skill set, but maybe that's just not what they love to do. Maybe they love the technical side and not so much, you know, the the more artistic side of things. And vice versa, if you hire a really super creative, like traditional copywriter, maybe they just don't really love the technical side of SEO. Maybe they really love creating campaigns and brainstorming. But when it comes to actually implementing, you know, uh, 301 redirect mapping, maybe that's just not what they love to do, you know? And so if, if people aren't loving... But that stuff's so much fun, so much fun. <laughs> well, we find it fun because, you know, we're nerdy. But, you know, finding people, finding what they love to do and playing to a writer's strengths is always going to be a win. So so let me ask you this. I mean, you know, we have people who listen to this podcast who work in very small organizations. And then we have people who listen to this podcast who work in very large organizations. So... I, let's let's go to the small org. You're running the small org, small startup. Maybe you're going to have a marketing team of three people who can have one content writer. Are you going to hire for the tone or are you going to hire for that technical? Like what's your lean? Like which one do you want to train on? I would hire for tone because my background would be in sort of that traditional branding copywriting side. And um, I think the, the the technical side, while there are nuances, um, I feel like sometimes that can be picked up a little bit easier or there might be other people on the team who understand it and can jump in and pitch in. I agree. I mean, I know it's boring when we always agree on these things, but uh, I agree. I, I, and even, even beyond that, I would say that some of that more technical stuff, if you needed to, if you didn't have it in your org, there's a lot of great service partners who can help you on those things, who can, you know, help you, you know, assess the content, do audits. Um, one of my favorite guests that we've had on this podcast over the years is, is Andy Crestadina at Orbit Media. Like they're, they are rock stars at that type of stuff. And there's a lot of, lot of companies like that who can help guide you. And, you know, and, and then to your point, those, those people learn over time, they figure out how to approach that better. And, and maybe I'm just, you know, the, I'm definitely a more creative marketing leader than I am technical. Um, so, so that's my lean. Yeah. And for anybody listening, we're definitely not discounting SEO or the technical side, but <laughs> it's important. I will give it to you. It is actually crucial. So let's, let's go to the larger org. Same question, larger org. How do you approach it? Let's say you could have two different people. Do you, do you find those two different employees, those two different personas, if you will, in your organization? Do you find that they work well together? Um, like, if, Or do you need to find people who ultimately have a balance of both in that larger org? So that is an awesome question. I think if you find two people who are so starkly different in their skill sets, that's fantastic because then you can go, you know, very, very deep into those skill sets and you're getting kind of the best of the best. But again, like you just mentioned, they have to be able to work well together, right? I mean, there's a lot of times where reaching across the aisle can be really hard, especially when you have two totally different perspectives. And, you know, maybe you have somebody who's very technical, and they just, you know, they're very stuck on the technical side, and you have someone who's so creative, and they're very stuck on the creative side, that doesn't bode well either, right? You're not going to get anything done, you're going to get a lot of internal fights and tension. So I, in that case, if, if that's your only option is are, are two people who are extremely deep and narrow in what they do and know, but can't work together, I would go more general and actually just find people who are willing to pick up those skill sets and work together. So let's, so we, we've got a little bit of time left here. What other roles would be key to your content org? Um, you know, we talked about the writers, uh, who else, who else is in there? 
I think every team needs a really good generalist, somebody who knows just enough about the entire digital ecosystem to be a little bit dangerous, right? Like somebody who knows everything from user experience down to conversion rate optimization down to, you know, keyword selection. I'm a huge fan of just people who know a little bit about everything um, because they just, you know, have a tendency, I think, to kind of come up with brilliant ideas out of nowhere. And that's always helpful in a pinch. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like I've been a little too nostalgic today. I I talked about like inbound marketing manager, but like it's it's like ultimately like the full stack marketer was the term that I was hearing like back in 2012. You know, it's like everyone wanted a full stack marketer who could like do it all. And And it's interesting. I mean, like some of the things that we're really trying to encourage companies when we talk to them here at Uberflip is who's going to take all that content and make sure it's being leveraged in your organization, right? And, you know, I've I've talked to people with so many different perspectives. Some people have told me they feel like that's the future of the social media marketer, right? Like, you know, move them from just, you know, trying to start conversations to packing out, packaging out content. Um, but other people, I think, are, are stuck with there's no right job title for that person. So they either go to the generalist or, you know, the role that we've described is almost that content experience manager. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in general. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where roles are changing and how they're shaping up. For sure. So that, I think that's going to be the fun thing about this podcast, you know, going forward. I, you know, Anna and I both have a lot of, you know, great contacts between customers and different stops in our journeys along the way. And we're going to try and bring a lot of these different uh, content leaders onto the podcast as we go into this next, you know, rebooted season with with Anna at the side here to bring people in with different perspectives as to how they'd approach these problems. And, uh, you know, Anna, may, maybe you can just talk about some of your goals going into the new, new podcast that we're going to have together. I'm really excited to carry on the torch, uh, continue this amazing, amazing podcast that I've been listening to for forever, Um, bring on maybe, you know, some new and different sort of uh, areas, maybe go in depth on some verticals, um, talk a little bit more about that customer experience side of things. I'm excited. There's so much opportunity and I'm just excited to be here um, and talk to everybody. Fantastic. Yeah, myself as well. I think, you know, one of the things that that we're really going to focus on is, uh, and this came from a lot of feedback from people I've talked to when I'm at events and they tell me that they listen to the podcast is, you know, really getting more and more practitioners onto the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we love, you know, don't get me wrong. We love the strategists. We love the people working at agencies, but I think, you know, one of the areas that people really benefit from is, you know, people who like them are living in the weeds, uh, you know, running programs, giving us examples of what's worked, what has not worked and, you know, their ability to go back and, and reiterate on those. So we're going to bring a lot more of that to the podcast on a regular basis. So Anna, this is the end where we get to know know you a bit and uh you know what we've done in the past and we've actually done this with you we got to know a little bit about you where you vacation things like that um we know that you live out in phoenix um so you know we're we're going into like the holiday season it's you know still a little bit of downtime uh by the time people listen to this podcast they'll be you know starting their new year what are your 
new year plans? Like what, what will your, you know, looking back, what will you say that you just did that really stood out as an amazing new year's Eve? Um, as an, okay. So actually on new year's Eve, what am I going to do? Yeah. What, you know, this is, you know, this, this podcast will come out after new year's Eve. So, you know, you're kind of like, you've gone into the future and your new year's Eve heading into 2018 was amazing because you did what? So my new year, my new year's Eve will be amazing because I spent it with friends and family and um, my amazing dog and cat who I love dearly. Um, I think I just want to be surrounded by people and go into the new year with a ton of optimism and positivity and uh, just embrace whatever comes in 2018. That sounds like such a cheesy cliche answer, but it's true. I'm- it was pretty cheesy. It was pretty. <laughs> so so what, is, what is something that you did in 2018 that you will or sorry, that you did in 2017 that you will you'll try and avoid in 2018. Something I will avoid in 2018 that I did in 2017. Man, like, what do you have to change? Like, because we got to get it. Like, to your point, you gave the cheesy answer. I know this is the harder answer. It's like, you know, what is that item that you know that you're gonna try and you know maybe it's like a snack food that's just like you're done with it. You know, no more, no more. You know, aspartame in your soda. Right. It can be, you know, it can be any of those types of things. What are you going to try and avoid? Um, so one of the things I'm going to try to avoid, it's actually uh, kind of funny and hilarious. So I'm going to try to avoid getting injured. 2017 was so random. I went through my entire life without breaking anything or getting any kind of major injury. And then at the end of 2016, very end of 2016, broke my foot. Oh, man. I know, right? Um, so I got like the rad scooter and I got a cool boot for a couple of weeks, which was cool. Oh, wow. And then in 2017 early, I actually was uh, doing some weightlifting and I'd been lifting for about three years. So and not CrossFit, like actual, you know, just deadlifting. And I uh, herniated a disc in my back. So that took forever to recover. So I'm finally back. Um, I'm back to lifting. And so I'm just trying to stay injury free. Yikes. That's the impressive thing about it is like, you know, 90% of the time when someone hurts themselves, you're like, you need a better story. <laughs> but you were like lifting a crazy amount of weight, which is pretty hardcore and definitely not cheesy. So, uh, yeah, kudos on you. I think that's a great, uh, great focus for 2018. Uh, you know, lift, lift some serious yeah. weight and, you know, be healthy. So, uh, and I can't wait to, to kick things off. We are going to have some great guests on this podcast. I encourage everyone to, you know, listen back on some more of Anna's you know, insights earlier this year on the podcast. You can find all of the other content pros podcasts at contentprospodcast.com. Please let us know the type of things that you want to hear going into the relaunch here. And until next time, I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. I've got Anna Rack joining me on an ongoing basis now from Convince and Convert. And we look forward to, to talking with you more. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.